Welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show podcast. Think of it like a magazine or a box of chocolates. You never know what you'll get. From politics to pop culture, healthcare to legal issues, it's all here. And my behind-the-wheel chats are personal observations created especially for you on podcast only. Enjoy. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Okay, so Wayne Winston, <laughs> hello and welcome. Um, I just want to begin. I know you've got a lot on your mind, but I do want to talk because we do talk a lot about the accomplishments of black Americans during mm. this time every week. And I just want to note that the judge who is going to be presiding over the new federal charges against Donald Trump is a black woman by the name of Tanya Chutkin, C-H-U-T-K-A-N, Tanya Chutkin. She was appointed 2014 by President Obama. Uh, she was, I think, confirmed 95-0, something like that. Mm. I guess five people weren't in the Senate at the time. And uh, she is from Jamaican descent. She wasn't originally born here. She's married to a man who also recently retired as another uh, Superior Court federal judge, but not a lifetime appointment, a different kind of appointment. He had like a 10-year appointment, which expired. She is a lifetime federal district judge, the kind that's mentioned in our U.S. Constitution. And she has a reputation of having been pretty hard on the people that already uh, were tried on the January 6th, you know, with respect to what happened on January 6th of 2021. So... That's the luck of the draw for the president. But I just wanted to note to note that because a lot of times we focus on, you know, accomplishments of black Americans together. So it's a big deal that she's the judge. It is. And, you know, in the past, she has been very tough on, you know, the, the January 6th incidents period. And uh, I think we prosecuted over a thousand people already which a lot of people really don't understand is a thousand is a lot of people. That's incredible. I didn't know it was that many. Yeah. And, um, you know, the rulings as a whole, and obviously being a layman here, not a, a, uh, an attorney or anything, um, she's very tough from that idea of what America is and how much that they violated that democratic process of saying you tried to keep someone in office yep. who basically their time was up. You know, the election was over. Have you read the indictment? It's 45 pages. Have you read it? Did not get a chance to yet. You should read it. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You should read it. It's not hard to read. And and basically what it is is a series of excerpts from conversations and facts gathered with respect to Michigan, Georgia, Arizona, and uh, Michigan, Georgia, Arizona, and Pennsylvania, those four states in mm -hmm. particular, and the efforts that were made by people surrounding Donald Trump after he lost to insist that he did not lose. And the indictment 
really tries to make the case. And again, it's only accusations. It hasn't been proven. It's just, you know, the accusation itself. But the allegations are that Donald Trump went from being told by everybody around him who was credible that he actually lost Mm -hmm. and refusing to believe it to then with some others hatching a scheme, and the others were attorneys, by the way, hatching a scheme to basically slip in electors that had not been chosen by their state parties to be the electors on the basis of who won the popular vote in their state, and sort of slipping them in fraudulently. So he, if you read the indictment, it looks like there was a transition immediately after the election from you know, the shock and awe of actually losing and not wanting to accept it to trying to figure out a way to actually deceive the American people and take it away. That's the allegation. It's pretty damning. It's pretty scary, actually. It's very scary. So this is what I wanted to talk to you about, uh, Wayne Winston, because I know that you have been sending me articles throughout the week and it has been national news. Uh, You tell me that in your community uh, that people are very, very, very upset about what's been happening in Florida, as an example, right? Absolutely. What's going on? What do you want to talk about? Well, the it's more like outraged, some are disheartened. Um, Ron DeSantis, as a presidential candidate, has already ran on a platform of, you know, quote, the woke theory, if you're supporting liberals and gays and the issues that are going on within the black community, you're woken. we got to put a stop to that. You know, suing Disney. Um, he also early on said that he felt we shouldn't be having anything in our schools that make white children feel bad about being themselves. Now, these are his words and not mine, and they're easy to find. Everybody's got Google out there, so this isn't Wayne saying this. This is what he believes. When his legislature puts into actual law that they're going to rewrite history in a way that they feel is more Americanized and things like black people benefited from slavery by basically getting some skill sets during slavery is beyond appalling. So let's just go back because I've been reading a lot about this and I've been drilling down. Sure. What Wayne Winston is talking about is that the, under the direction of the leaders of Florida, they were directed to really take a good look at the curriculum of African-American history as taught in Florida schools. And it, there were a bunch of people in panel to do this on a commission. And they claim that they did a really good, thorough job at going line by line in this curriculum. By and large, much of it is not controversial. But the controversial piece that has come out of this is this idea, this insistence that part of what is taught in a Florida classroom is that despite the fact that they were slaves, that some people acquired skills that they were able to use to go into the trades. And they cite Frederick Douglass as the source of this. The two people, Wayne, and I want to ask you about this, the two people on the commission uh, a Miss Rice and a Mr. Allen are both black Republicans mm-hmm. who insist they are black Republicans mm-hmm. and they insist they're not racist and they're not trying to hurt black people, that this is an accurate depiction of what happened. Well, they're black. I believe that they believe that. You know, I mean, a political belief doesn't come with a color. If that's what you believe, that's what you believe. Is it what the majority of people believe? 
No. In fact, um, our history, the reason Carter G. Woodson had to invent black history, which started out as a day, which turned into a week, which turned into Black History Month now in 1937, is because we were specifically being left out of history. The civil rights movement would not have been necessary had history been reflective and inclusive of black people. The being three-fifths of a man in our Constitution in the earlier years takes us out of that and, and basically says, as America, we see black people as three-fifths of a man, So, and to be counted with animals. So I guess they won't be talking about that in Florida. Well, but but are they in fact talking about that too? In other words, what's the whole picture? Well, the whole picture is that they are basically taking slavery out of context and they want to teach that as being accurate. They don't really want the word slavery. They don't want to talk about Black Lives Matter. They have a problem with that. They have a problem with George Floyd. They have a problem with Tulsa, Oklahoma, which most people just learned about a couple years ago. I did. We knew, but as a whole, we did not because the media in the history of America it was not about discussing the the problems that happened or the horrible things that happened to black people. The history really is pretty horrible. I mean, between my family and most black families can have this that lived in the South, you could go to the store and not come back, and you were just gone. You know, we're talking the 30s and the 40s, which, again, is a couple of years before the 60s. It was crazy to think that there's never been a time in America that black people owned white people or controlled their lives. I mean, we're a small percentage, and the laws all said that. In fact, you didn't have to give black men or black people, black women, any respect. So for many years, black women weren't even in control of their bodies. And as a culture, which is why we're so culture conscious now, to make sure that we just try to share as much as we can— you know, right-wing philosophy <clears throat> is not a joke. They're clearly organized, and they were large catalysts even for January 6th. But going strictly with black people on slavery to try to hide our story, to, to, to say the pain and the suffering of people who literally were hung and burned at stakes, absurd things. The, the, the Klan was real, and they were a terrorist organization. So from your point of view, the messaging— the messaging, even by saying something semi-positive uh, about the experience of slavery, is distorting what children should be learning. I mean, is that is that the point? That that there should be nothing in a in a conversation about slavery that talks about oh, and by the way, the unintended consequences was that some black people learned how to weld. Right? I mean, you <laughs> right? I mean, that's what we're talking about, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the the idea that you learned how to dig a hole right. and and how to right. plant is like right. okay. <laughs> I, I don't think they they gave them <laughs> an application to fill out and said, listen, pick your future career, what you would like to but do. But I just want you to know, in Florida, they are citing Frederick Douglass as the origin of that thought. Well, they're they're spinning that. You can take anything and twist it in a way that you want. And um, there is a big deal. Um, Frederick Douglass, um, for example, had a white wife. Okay. So a lot of people are going like, well, hey, he couldn't really be black enough because he had a white wife. 
We have some of that going on today, even within our own community, going like, hey, could that, should that really have happened? It didn't change who Frederick Douglass was, nor what he stood for, nor as him being one of the greatest orators in American history. So love comes in any color. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing that it, it falls for me and for most people, mm-hmm. because that's been the history of humankind, yes. not just America. Yeah. Because when you love somebody, you find out who you do, and that's how he wound up. But there's even some people in our community, and I had to bring that up, because um, I had that discussion as well. That being said, his work is absolutely beyond reproach. Um, George Washington Carver, for example, he didn't learn this while he was enslaved, when slavery ended and Jim Crow came in, that's the time when we started having black colleges and universities, HBCUs, historically black colleges and universities, because black people couldn't get into college. Yeah, let's talk about George Washington Carver in case you didn't know. He was probably the only notable black person in my eighth grade uh, textbook that I remember sure. because he invented all the uses of the peanut. That, that was his thing. He took the peanut and he came up with this peanut oil and everything having to do with the peanut. Am I right? Absolutely. That's from eighth grade. That's what I remember about George Washington Carver. Jimmy Carter should thank him a lot from Plains, (laughs) Georgia, for the peanut. Right? That's how they made a living. Um, He even, Carver even created. But when you think about the accomplishment of that man, Wayne, in the time and space in which he was, I don't think that that was stressed in my eighth grade history class. In other words, what was just stressed was this was a a black American who did great things as a great scientist. But when you put in context the obstacles that he must have had to endure, his accomplishments become even greater. Absolutely. And when you do a search on Google for black inventors, you'll be floored by how many things. We've done like the top 100. There's many, many more. It's incredible. And we have to change even that paradigm as we think as a nation of black history, which is to talk about those inventions. It, in, in 1937, there was no Dr. Martin Luther King. This was based upon Frederick Douglass and Lincoln being born in the same year. That's why they picked February. There's some people, hey, they picked it because it's the shortest month. Nope, that's not it. Um, he knew that it was important that we need to have something to tell a culture that was marginalizing us and discriminating us and basically treating us like animals. And when you have an animal, you think your dog, some people love them. They treat them, give them the best of everything, living better than the, the <laughs> than the owners. Some places, they not so them. much. Not so they much. They kick them, they hurt them, they torture them, you throw them in a bag in the river. And that's how it was for black people for many, many, many years, well into the centuries, which is why we even had to have a civil rights movement to get the vote. All right, we're going to be right back. Wayne Winston on the Lisa Wexler Show. Phones are open at 203-333-9422. We'll be right back. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. And welcome back. We're in the middle of a heated conversation. We're chatting with Wayne Winston, who is uh, joins us every Wednesday, and he is a black activist. And he is telling me, and not just on the air, on Wednesdays, how outraged uh, members of his community and he himself are about the curriculum in Florida, which may or may not spread to other states, having to do with the teaching of African-American history in this country. Well, that's part of the problem. I mean, Republicans from the red states are basically taking like these key things that they think are the right thing within their. But in, some of the Republicans are black. Oh, listen. so what does the black community have to say about that? Oh, we tossed them out a long time ago. I mean, it was like that's you leave them over on the side. They, look, they're they're not representative of the majority. It's like saying, OK, if you take Republicans, the far right right wingers like they are like the primary Republicans. They're not the traditional Republicans, mm-hmm. okay? Yeah. Guys like John McCain and so on, you know, there's few of them, but they lost them, and they lost them because when President Obama came in, they wanted somebody, these smaller communities that were often inactive, they wanted people to reflect their interests. So when you get this type of thing happening, you get people with more radical ideas, more white supremacist ideas, which a lot of them by their own um, by their own admission, this is what I'm being elected for. And the community saying that, well, they get further up the food chain. And that's what's even caused the change in the Congress of how we see things and how we're dealing with things now. And there's so many things. It's, we heard so much. You become desensitized to so much of the stuff is going on with our elected officials in Congress. It's just like, wow, did they really say that? Did they really mean that? And it, when you're in a place where it starts to support it, that's where we are going backwards. Now, when you say that Rosa Parks was just a woman on a bus who, who decided not to move, this is from Florida. This is what they're teaching. Rosa Parks was just a woman on she a was, bus? She was a black woman on a bus. She was asked to move. She was tired and didn't move because she felt it was the right thing to do. Where's Jim Crow in there? Where's the reason why they asked her to push, go, go to the back of the bus? This is not me. This is rewriting American history. Now, if you're going to write American history, well, let's start with Christopher Columbus. If you're worried about it being right, he never set foot in America. They are still teaching that this man discovered America. You know, America was used to came after. Well, that's why it's in America. But he, okay, he was a great navigator. He went to the West Indies, but he didn't discover America. Um, Paul Revere, he was not the guy who made that final ride. If you do your history and you type that in Paul Revere, they're still teaching that, that he did that. The, 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 the poet, it had a more poetic feel when he wrote the story about the midnight ride. The guy who did it was, there was like three writers. <laughs> he got delayed. <laughs> so, he never, so if we're going to talk about getting American history right, and that's really what the goal is, why are those things not there? This is based specifically on slavery and as they have said itself they don't like the way that it has been taught 
Um, so what do you think that's coming from, Wayne? What do you think that, why do you think there's a resistance by some black people, a few, mm-hmm. and some white people to teaching slavery in its awfulness? What, what do you think that's about? Look, it's an embarrassment in America. I mean, I love this country. It's the best one on the planet. Black people built it. I mean, without that, we could not have the economy that we have today. Mm-hmm. Okay, we didn't come through Ellis Island. You know, we weren't given any tickets out. You know, uh, we didn't come into the 18s and the 1900s. 1619 was when the slave trade really went into effect. And there's a a, a book and a video and everything for 1619 and how that happened. Mm-hmm. The 1619 Project by the New York Times. Absolutely. That became, oh, my God, what are you doing putting that out there? Because it's an embarrassment because at the time we've got some of the most brilliant minds in the world. George Washington, John Hancock, that was So do you amazing. think that there is, a, there is a feeling among some older adults that they're burdening children somehow by teaching them history? Yes, a true history because it's embarrassing. They don't want you to think of America that way. That's why those stories that feel good, you know, we tell. And one of the biggest issues that we have, slavery was a problem. And it was chattel slavery in America. In the past, they had other slavery. Well, you know, in that dynamic, first, America is a young country. Okay, young. We're like six, seven hundred years old. The other places are thousands of years. Not even. Thousands of years old. So they had a chance to go through their process. And that type of slavery, you could actually marry into families if you were taken over by, you know, you, you also war and stuff. Here, we were specifically here and laws passed in this country, law after law after law, to make sure that we stayed subservient. If a black man walked or a black person walked down a, a sidewalk, You'd have to avert your eyes or step into a street. Now, come on. I mean, how? It, obviously, the, the marriage, um, if you killed a black person, you would not be convicted. No jury would convict you up until the 70s. That's about the last time we had like that. Uh, it, what's the, the thing that triggers the civil rights movement? Emmett Till, whose body is built, built so badly, wrapped with barbed wire, uh, a, a plantation fan attached to his body, every tooth broken out of his head, every bone. And his mother, Mamie, says, no, I'm going to show you what America, what this racism does. And let me be clear. We're talking about racism because God knows there's white people that stood with us because the majority of people in America are white, the ones with the power of influence. And they had the conscience to say enough. And this cannot be. So Jewish people, white people, black people, Latino, we all marched to change this. And that finally happened in the 60s. And what did that give us? It did give us certain rights. It didn't change the minds of heart and men. Uh, A poll said when Dr. King was killed, 60 percent of of, of white Americans were kind of like, this guy's a troublemaker. Because remember, up until that, segregation was law. You had to make a building. You had to build a building with a separate entrance for black people. Yeah, I remember in the 1968 election how many states George Wallace uh, won. I was eight years old, and I knew what George Wallace stood for. I mean, before your time, Melissa. And, uh, I mean, he stood for segregation. I mean, that That's what he ran on a platform. And I remember watching to the TV. I was only eight years old, and I was talking with my parents, and I was like, I don't understand how anybody can vote for this guy. I, I'm so confused. I'm so confused. I mean, he was basically in favor of modern-day slavery. He wanted segregation that way. And states were voting for him. 
Well, that's the. And by the way, they, yes. those were the Southern Democrats in those years. They Dixie were the Democrats, Democrats yeah. the Dixiecrats. And listen. And this, then, of course, he got shot and he ended up paralyzed for the rest of his life. Karma was really tough on him. And, and in his life, he made abject apologies for his prior statements and convictions. Do you remember that? He to, tried to, to ask his, forgiveness for many years. Yeah, to his, um, to his credit. Yeah, to his credit. But, know, but really, when he originally ran, he was, and this is 1968. Yeah. He was running on a segregation platform, and he got a lot of votes. Oh, yes. A and lot. Those are the type of votes that DeSantis is looking for. He's made it clear his platform. That's what he's looking for, people who feel like we want America to be like it was. That was Trump's thing. Let's make America great. We knew what great was because it wasn't so great <laughs> for the times he was talking about. And here we have a, a chance. I think we're going to wind – we are in the middle of a new civil rights movement. I want to give America the credit that finally during the COVID, worst thing in the world, and I believe God's movement, no one could turn away from a television when George Floyd was killed. The idea I went to work, and I didn't see it. I don't know what the information is. They were outraged. They said, wait a minute, how can a policeman kneel, someone who protects our community, how could they kneel on someone's neck for that long? Nine minutes, and they couldn't feel him struggling. You know, when, when you die, I think we all know this, you have a moment when you're just like, hey, I got to get up. Oh, he's still moving. The man has not moved, and people around him saying, well, you know, he wasn't listening to the police. It made people think for the first time and say, you know what, maybe black people do have something going on, that there's something wrong in this country, and we have to look into this race thing because it's not happening like that is the same way for our white community. And we wound up having, during the COVID, with people's lives risk at risk, protesting, saying we got to do something about this. And that triggers the other side who say, nope. You guys are changing too many laws and too many things. You're taking out statues and renaming stuff, and you, 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 black people are coming up, and that's a problem. We, they loved us until we have ambition. Once you get ambition, it's a whole other story. Stay in your place, and that's what this is all about. Wayne Winston, thanks for joining us today. We've, uh, we've given you a real forum to speak your mind. Very, very grateful to And appreciating it. No, it's very eloquent. Very eloquent. Uh, I'm Lisa Wexler. We're going to be back tomorrow. Who do we have on tomorrow? Do we even know? Can I remember? Hmm? Melissa's my producer. Even she doesn't know offhand. That's good. (laughs) It's very good. It's very good. Ah, oh, I know. Chris Caruso's coming in. All right, Chris. That's my guy. And also Shelby Doyle, Vice President of Public Awareness for School Choice. I wanted to talk about that again as well. Uh, Thank you for joining us today. Uh, Stick with us on WICC. We've got Eric Erickson coming on from 12 to 2, and it's our own Paul Paselli with Connecticut Today from 2 to 6. I'm Lisa Wexler. Don't forget the podcast. Send me an email if you like it, lisa at lisawexler.com. Thanks for joining us today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 
How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, please share it with your friends. And as always, feel free to contact me at lisa at lisawexler.com.